So, Samson, why were you late again? And did you think about the joke for or what you can say in the start, like about Ripple? What did you just say? Did you say something about... You say dribble something? Come on! What's that? What, am I speaking Dutch or what? Speak English. We, we can't understand your English. You racist pigs. Well, I, I, I speak Afrikaans, so if you speak slowly, then maybe I can understand. <laughs> One more time, please, Will Panda. All of you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and let's start the show. Let's start the show, even though they can't understand me. So maybe I should intro everyone because we can't understand Will Panda. Sounds good. Okay. <laughs> okay. Change it up. Yeah, that's fine. So today we have Ricardo Ricarod Spagni, also known as Fluffy Pony. And Charlie Lee, who is wearing a lovely Litecoin Phoenix Den hat today. And of course, we have Mr. Will Panda, um, who will need subtitles this episode. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and myself, Samson Mo, Chief Strategy Officer at Blockstream. Who was late again? <laughs> Wait, is that how you pronounce your name, Samson Mo? I always thought it was Samson Mao. Yeah, it's Mao. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I've been saying Samson Mao for like ever. I generally say Samson Mo. It's like Mo from Lao Mower. Yeah, Samson the Lawnmower. Okay, that works too. So, uh, Let's start um, with the conference I've been to recently. So you, you, the three of you missed it, obviously. Um, but uh, I went to the Baltic Honey Badger, same as last year in uh, Riga. And it's like really a fun Bitcoin conference. Like uh, all of the, it is an amazing lineup. Like uh, Adam Beck was there, Elizabeth Stark, um, Jameson Lop, and a lot of other famous Bitcoiners. Of course, not as famous as the people who attend Ripple uh, conferences, but still pretty famous in our community. Uh, yeah, if Bill Clinton's not there, then it's not a genuine conference. Well, if Bill, Kid Bill Clinton would be there, they would have to raise the entry price, I guess, by about a thousand dollars per person. Um, well, the Bitcoin Foundation <laughs> could just dump all their Bitcoin bags to pay for, for, pay for Bill's appearance. <laughs> That would be a very useful thing. Oh, for Magical CryptoCon. Wait, are we are we still planning on doing the Magical CryptoCon? Yes, we are still planning on doing it. Are we? Yes! Do you guys not check your email? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I got a lot of questions about that. Actually, we don't get emails about that. I'm not sure what you're talking about. <laughs> oh, do you guys not check your Telegram messages? Yeah, that's true. It, it's it's in Telegram. Like 10 different channels, so... Yeah, that's Samson's fault. Magical Crypto sure, Friends like. times that we arrange. Magical Crypto Friends stuffed toys. Magical Crypto Friends non-stuffed toys. 
There's so many Telegram groups, I don't even know what to do. It's called organization. <laughs> the funniest part is when Samson writes in one group and tells people to go check out the other group. Which is the same group. Guys, I've written something in the other group. Please go check it there because I'm not going to cross-paste it. Exactly. That way, when you want to look for something, you can find it in the right group. It's like the modern-day phone call where I say, did you read your email? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm just texting you to ask you to check Telegram where I asked you to check your email. Exactly. So, to build the Kali Badger... What else happened? Well, uh... Jameson actually actually a very good talk about uh, privacy. So I don't I don't know if you watched his uh, presentation. Extreme uh, upset, yeah, indeed. So um, it, it was very strange because when he arrived on uh, Friday, we looked outside. Someone stepped out of the car, and it was like that looks like Jameson, but he cut off his beard. So uh, he like completely changed his appearance part, uh, which is also part of the upset part. Uh, and of course, never wear, the most important thing, never wear any Bitcoin shirts or anything related to Bitcoin or something. But it, it was a very interesting talk um, also about like um, setting up uh, companies to hide your assets, like your house, your cars, uh, stuff like that. It, it is, it's very interesting. It's mostly focused on US based uh, people um, because for in Europe, it's a bit more complicated than that. Well, it, it's it's very interesting. Uh, so go watch it. But you can only really chop off your beard for masking your identity like once every couple of years, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so I believe Samson's going to grow a beard this time for his extreme upsick. Mm -hmm. I don't think he can. I can do a little bit, but not much. <laughs> <laughs> so it was an amazing conference. And you guys should definitely come next year. Also, Riga is very nice. Yeah, I wanted to come, but it's too far. You were in Tokyo. Right, but, well, actually, Adam did it, but I didn't want to do it. He, we went to China first, and then he, like, left the conference a day early to fly to Riga, and then he flew back to Tokyo, like, the day after Baltic Honey Badger. <laughs> and I didn't really want to do that trip, so I decided just to stay in China for another couple so days. So what you're saying is Blockstream don't really give you enough time to go and attend the full conference, because it's just pressure, pressure, pressure to launch Liquid. Yeah, there's so much pressure to launch Liquid, <laughs> which is the Inter-Exchange Settlement Network, which is now live. <laughs> okay, we really need to be paid by Blockstream now. <laughs> I mean, we keep keep shilling Liquid every single episode. I mean, we got to get some money for that. Samson, do you want to do like an oh, editorial? Right? Yeah, so let's let's go through uh, the details. <laughs> the List all the features. Wait, there's a white paper for liquid? <laughs> well, there's the uh, sidechain's two-way peg white paper. Why is it on a blue paper? Because it's not an ICO. Because liquid? Ah. No, but blue as in water, you know? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah, one, one person got the joke. Okay. It was a stupid joke, but I got it. The one who doesn't speak English, nice. <laughs> but you know, it's so funny. Every time I talk to people about liquid, one of the first questions is, Where's the to when's the token coming out? I don't know if that's funny or if that's just sad. It's sad. Sad. It's a little bit of both. <laughs> and I tell them you can you can get it at any time. It's one to one peg to Bitcoin until the peg breaks. 
<laughs> well, the peg won't break. <laughs> so you say it's like tether. Tether, yeah. It's like tether for Bitcoin. Okay. It's like Lightning Network. Tokens. Token. <laughs> <laughs> when Lightning Network ICO? You mean like Plasma and stuff? Okay. When we change to Satoshis? A Raiden. Nice. <laughs> well, Panda, the reason why I didn't go to the Honey Badge conference is because uh, only Bitcoin maximalists are invited. But you're a Bitcoin maximalist. This show is up. You, you were invited, Charlie. They wanted us all to go. Actually, everyone was invited, um, including Ricardo. Yeah, but I'm also a Bitcoin maximalist. <laughs> Don't you mean even Ricardo? <laughs> even Ricardo. Yeah, even, even me. Well, it's organized by uh, the guys from Holo Holo. Which who also have like a Litecoin on their platform, so I'm pretty sure you were invited, Charlie. Blasphemy, blasphemy! I thought it was organized by the B Foundation. <laughs> well, we should we should talk about the B Foundation. I'm so confused right now. There's so many foundations. There's the B Foundation, the Huddle Foundation, the No Foundation. So, what are your guys' th- thoughts on uh, the B Foundation? So, it's, so official name is the B. But the foundation part had to be included because it's, uh, the, the legal structure is a foundation. So the foundation part is like, it was not smart of it to put it on the slides, obviously, because um, it, there's immediately the link to the Bitcoin, Bitcoin Foundation, which has a, had a pretty bad reputation because they uh, screwed up a lot of things. Um, they did some things right, but uh, they will most likely be known as the people who... Uh, spend a lot of money on travel and on attending conferences and just wasting money, basically. Which is a shame because I think that a foundation can be useful for Bitcoin. And the downside would be that um, people are saying like those people are going to speak for Bitcoin, which obviously is not the case. I mean, they're all old school Bitcoiners. Um, They know how this works. They also know the skepticism. I share that skepticism. Um, But if you think about it, like Ethereum did a lot of things completely wrong, but a few things that they did right um, was they went to universities, they set up grants, they set up courses, um, workshops and stuff like that. And that's very difficult to set up without a sort of limited centralized uh, entity, which the uh, B could help with. So that's my point of view. That's a very nicely well-rehearsed script, Will Panda. Actually, that's completely <laughs> com- completely not reversed at all. So I think it, it, it could have been a good thing, but you guys kind of screwed it up. I think the B, the B, found, B Foundation or whatever is like a play on Bcash, right? It's like the B Foundation. Is it a play on Bcash? Well, Giacomo made it as a joke and he would expect people to understand that joke and people didn't get the joke. But I think uh, you guys kind of screwed it up. Like just putting the foundation in there just made it no longer funny because the Bitcoin Foundation is just so cringeworthy. Yeah, I think the Bitcoin Foundation has been so dysfunctional for so long that it's it's basically just giving people a bad taste in the mouth for anything that has the word foundation in it. But the other thing was you did get backlash. And if this is if you're saying that it's different this time around, then you guys probably could have walked it back or you still could walk it back and change the name. But it's like the first initial reaction from the community, well, for lack of a better word, community, but from everybody is like, that's a really bad name. And then it looks like you guys are fighting against everyone saying, this is a good name. We're going to keep it. 
But if you guys were listening or aware of feedback, then you probably could have just walked it back. It's like the first uh, the first thing to do as foundation is to admit that you're capable of taking feedback and changing. Oh, well, that's a, that's a very good point, and we've been discussing the name as well. Uh, I don't know what the end result will be um, because it was one of because the name was um, they came up with it pretty late, like the evening before the official announcement. Um, it was Chekmo and Elena, um, and I agree that the name is not ideal. But um, I think that the the negative feedback came from like a few. Uh, a vocal minority, like we like to call it. Um, and, but I don't think that the name itself would matter that much. Um, if it would be called something else, people would say, oh, it's a centralized entity. It's a foundation with a lot of famous Bitcoiners. So it will try to claim to speak for uh, Bitcoin. I don't think the name matters that much. Uh, it doesn't matter that much, but it compounds when you pick a really bad name. <laughs> so it's like two things at once, one-two punch. Samson's point is that you guys didn't, it's, you just decided last minute. So if people don't like it, it should be easy to change it, right? Like to just say, okay, that was that was stupid. That was a joke. And just call it the B, right? Or something else. I mean, I, I don't care that much, but it just seems like you got a lot of backlash for it. So, well... Well, like I said, it will be the uh, if if the name is the B, they will not use the the B Foundation um, in media and stuff like that. It will be the B. The foundation part will just be on the legal do- documents. Do you legally need to have the word foundation there? Yeah. Well, you could change it. Yeah, it doesn't work where they're going to try to incorporate incorporate it. So. Yeah, so it's it's just branding, right? So just always call yourself the B, and then yeah, the company the legal name could be anything. So it doesn't really matter. I, I tend to agree with that. I think like you know the it could be registered as whatever you want, but but it's like what is the website and what are you guys calling yourself publicly? Yeah. So my my idea for the name was either Satoshi's Vision <laughs> or we're all Satoshi except for Craig Wright Foundation, but the second one was too long. I really like Satoshi's vision. I mean, if you want to like make fun of someone with like the B, Satoshi's vision would have been way better. And then it would also not have the immediate like link with Bitcoin. I think it would, be, would have been better, but. Yeah, I think you can find a better name than all of those. <laughs> like Magical Crypto Foundation. I th- Wait, I, I think Magical Internet Money Foundation or something was also mentioned once. It's too close to our uh, name. We need to trademark the word magical. <laughs> <laughs> so no one else can use it. Well, what we need to do is... Yeah. We need to counterbalance the uh, the B. We need Magical Crypto Foundation. That doesn't speak for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the difficult part because... Um, People want to support it, but at the same time, they don't want like to represent Bitcoin everywhere, because you know how that's a touchy subject, rightly, rightfully so. So uh, we'll see how it turns out. I think that uh, the people who are involved, they seen the Bitcoin Foundation crash and burn. So I <laughs> hope that we will learn our lesson lesson from that, and we will do better, and we'll try to do better, and. Uh, 
the idea is, is just to have like um, because a lot of people want to help with funding or with providing devs. Um, but uh, I, I think uh, Francis uh, mentioned also on stage um, during the announcement that a lot of people are working on the same problem, but they don't realize that they're working on the same problem. Um, and then a centralized entity can say like, oh, but those people are already working. Um, it can organize development in a much more efficient way, I think. We'll see. Yeah, I think uh, crash and burn is fine. The problem with the Bitcoin Foundation is it just lingers there, unwilling to die, but half yeah, dead. It's, it's still alive, apparently. <laughs> I didn't know. Uh, Bruce <laughs> mentioned he's leaving it now. Um, I think Francis left it as well recently. There are still people who, who want to take their places and uh, try to do something with it. Well, well, they're not they're not doing much right now. Most so. of them are not even Bitcoiners. <laughs> most of them are not Bitcoiners and most of them don't like Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. For some reason, um, during their last statement, they, they said like they spent so much Ethereum. I mean, why does the Bitcoin Foundation have Ethereum in the first place? Apparently, it was like a donation from uh, Brock, um, but I don't know. Well, change it. Well, the Litecoin Foundation has Bitcoin also. Uh-oh. Is that bad? No. <laughs> That's actually smart. That makes sense. <laughs> well, the Monero Foundation doesn't exist, so what is that? It's a secret foundation. Do you have a secret handshake? <laughs> yes. We, uh, we have a secret uh, hand symbol as well. M. <laughs> like this? That looks like the Kraken symbol. Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> we're very good at derivative works. So, but if you if you're planning to do to attend the conference next year, you should first of all attend Magical Crypto Conference, and second of all, Baltic Colony Badger, because those are well, I don't know how how Magical Crypto is going to turn out, but it should be good. I hope if it, it will be fine. If it happens, yes, it will be good. It will happen. So uh, on to the next topic. Um, so recently there has been a bug discovered, which got a lot of news and it was like a critical Bitcoin bug and some other coins were affected as well, uh, like Litecoin. Um, for the more technical perspective, let's go to Charlie. Um, yeah, so the the bug was related to um, not checking to see if a transaction is spending an input twice in a block. So um, these transactions will, will get rejected by a network, but if they actually manage to find it, well, it's way into a block. The block won't get rejected by certain clients. And if this happened, it would be a miner purposely trying to create more coins by double spending the same output. And if that happens, then Bitcoin would have had a, a like inflation, right? An extra extra coins being printed. So when they found out, the Bitcoin devs uh, made an emergency patch, but then didn't announce the full um, the full uh, kind of threat, the full vulnerability. They just announced that the clients, the nodes would would get um, would get DOS and crash. And then um, a few days later, finally revealed the, the full um, vulnerability, which is a, an inflation bug, which is kind of like, it's, it's pretty bad. I mean, inflation bug is like one of the worst things that could happen to Bitcoin. Um, if someone's able to print Bitcoin out of thin air, that like t 
totally would totally kill the value of Bitcoin. Do you think that the person who found it did he know that it was because I I, re I read first that he just thought it was a DOS attack vector, but did he realize that it was also um, an inflation bug or not? That I don't know. Do you guys know? I guess not. <laughs> I th I thought initially the they were saying that he only knew about the the DOS um, bug. Yeah, that's that's why I read too. And then the the Bitcoin developers like looked into it more and realized that it, there's also a hidden inflation problem um, because certain clients will actually not crash and accept it. Zero point one four would crash. Zero point one five and uh, zero point one six would accept it and not crash because they removed the assert. Um, kind of, what I was kind of upset about about this is that they released the the Bitcoin developers kind of they could have fixed it like quietly and wait till the all the miners have upgraded and then later on actually announce the the full issue, but they did it in a certain in such a way that like when I first saw the DOS issue and how much um how big of a deal they were making it, my first reaction is there there must be something something else going on because just causing like certain clients to crash is not the end of the world and there's no reason to do an emergency patch like this um so that's why people digged in and actually found the inflation bug themselves and it became much like became an issue so that they actually had to announce it right away which hurt a lot of, a lot of coins like litecoin because we were actively trying to get our miners to to upgrade to protect ourselves and you know some other coins actually got attacked right yeah i heard yesterday was an article about pitching coin never heard of it but apparently that one got attacked yeah that's but i mean like that their trade volume so low that's just someone testing the waters well i think the fear was that once it started getting out that it was an inflation bug it just had to be patched urgently um, if it could have been rolled out quietly, I think they would have. But I think for a lot of reasons, one could have been the the Bcash guy that found it, if he did find it, was kind of uh, hinting at a lot of things and trying to insinuate that um, he found this and he t takes credit for it and it's a big thing, right? And that could that could really raise, raise awareness, even if the core dev slipped it into a quiet update. All they had to do was quietly update it and then talk to the, the miners and pools to to update. And that would protect the network. If more than 50% of the miners have upgraded to the new release, then um, if a block, if a um, corrupt block is found, it wouldn't become the longest chain after, after an hour or so, right? The valid chain would overrun whatever invalid blocks there are. So they could have done it that way, right? Yeah, the problem I think was maybe that they had initially said it was a DOS issue and then it would not be clear that it was urgent and severe. So Yeah, but the developers had a line of communication with the with the pools, so they could have quietly told them this is a serious issue that they need to upgrade. I mean that's what that's what we did for Litecoin, talking to the pools and telling them that they need to upgrade like ASAP. I mean, it's not that different yeah, from but... from the way we've had to uh, deal with Monero bugs. Um, one of the issues that we've had with uh, a bug previously, where there wasn't the risk of independent discovery, or you know, there weren't multiple people that had, that had uh, discovered it, is that you've got a bunch of Monero clones, 
um, out there and you don't want them to like start attacking each other. So how do you, how do you firstly patch your network and then how do you reveal it to everyone else? But, do so in a way that doesn't make them just attack each other. So what's the, how did you guys do it? You guys had a similar issue recently. Yeah. So, I mean, there's two, so the, the, the crypto note bug that we discovered, um, last year, uh, there we had a lot more time. Um, and, uh, you know, we were able to plan a lot better. And so, um, we, uh, waited until the Monero hard fork, which, uh, network upgrade, which ensured that the entire network was upgraded. And then we were able to go to all the crypto node points, the major ones, and say, look, you know, here's something that we found and we've patched it. And so please can you patch and we're going to go public with this in two weeks. Um, and then, well, you know, some of the coins still attacked each other. So, you know, no real solution there. Um, the most recent Monero stuff was a little bit more tricky because there was a trio of bugs, uh, two denial of service attacks, um, and then one attack, which was basically like a burning attack. So you could uh, use some social engineering to get an, an exchange to burn um, some of their coins um, and, and make them unspendable. Um, and that is that was a little bit more tricky because of the uh, the need to deploy it um, within a, a short period of time. Um, and we didn't really have a lot of scope for going and finding and then contacting everyone else and being like, hey, please upgrade. Um, plus, I think the landscape shifted a bit. Um, uh, and the burning bug stuff was primarily uh, primarily only affected uh, Monero uh, forks and not uh, forks of CryptoNote, um, and so it was kind of easier to to deploy it. So basically, what happens is if you send um, if you send a duplicate output, then um, that second output is unspendable uh, because there isn't a private key. Uh, related that that's related to it. and there's a whole big write-up on the on the um, get Monero raw website as to how it works so the idea is behind the attack is an attacker would take uh, Monero deposit it on an exchange um, uh, trade it withdraw money go to another exchange deposit it there trade it back into Monero then deposit it onto the exchange again with a duplicate output um, and then trade it and withdraw it and sort of through this process the exchange would end up with a bunch of Monero that they've that they've legitimately received, but that they can't spend. Um, and so, uh, we've just uh, you know the the fix has been to uh, obviously catch those and not um, accept them as as in uh, as uh, deposits. That's very exciting. <laughs> I know this. Is, I mean, you know, this is a very exciting topic, and I think that. Uh, it's, it's one of the things I'm most passionate about, as you can tell. Um, and as this conversation has, has been so upbeat in the last few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, moving on, EOS. Let's talk about EOS again. Actually, for some reason, Charlie wanted to talk about EOS. Um, so the... Uh, BPs are colluding. So there was some uh, article about uh, Huobi um, working together with other uh, Chinese BPs to uh, vote for each other to make sure that they are the one in charge, that they are the one who can uh, endorse, or, or endorse or stake or whatever it is that they do. I don't know actually what they're doing. Um, it's, a, it's a deep boss. So... Uh, delegated um so 
that was not a big surprise to us because we actually mentioned on the show a while back that uh, Bitfinex was voting for themselves with coins and uh, other exchanges were doing that too. But now apparently it was an official investigation to it. Uh, and the EOS community is also uh, worried now, even though we mentioned it like six months back. They should watch our show really. So uh, what are your guys' thoughts on that? Well, anytime you have a proof of stake system, there are these kind of issues in it. That's why we're, I don't think any of us are fans of perpetual energy. I mean, proof of stake. I think the, the issue is that um, the, the incentives are for these um, BPs. Is that what they're called? Like block producers to, yeah. to collude and vote for each other because they make a lot of money from, from doing this, right? So um, there's incentive for um, for under the table deals, so that they keep each other as as part of this, um, uh, yeah, this kind of like mafia or whatever, right? Where they just make make more money. So I think I think it's inevitable. And recently, the supposedly there was a leak of like a document showing who will be in other exchanges making deals about. I'm giving you this much money and then you vote for me and stuff like that. So I think, um, I mean, it, this, the leak might be just fabricated. It might not be true, but I, I, it's not, I wouldn't be, we're not surprised if it actually is true because there's incentives are there for that to happen. Anything that can be gamed will be gamed. You could also collude with pools too, right? Like running BTCC pool, we can broadcast faster to other pools that we're friendly with, but the gains on that are marginal. And it's not even a sure thing. But with the block producer collusion, then <laughs> it's pretty guaranteed. If you can collude, then you can keep each other in the running. And plus, I mean, don't they have the, the uh, weekly phone call where they can just discuss how to collude? <laughs> <laughs> That's true. They do have a <laughs> weekly phone call, and it's kind of like the Fed, Fed minutes, right? <laughs> they announce, like, these, these addresses are going to be banned from, from transacting on the on the EOS network because they did something bad or whatever. Because they didn't, uh, they didn't follow the constitution and you have to agree with the EOS constitution to use it. Yeah. Or maybe they didn't pay protection money. <laughs> I, I love decentralized yeah. currencies. Well, let's see how it goes. I mean, it's just like, I think we talked about it before, but you're basically uh, recreating bad governance. Like, the whole point of a, a real cryptocurrency is to take that out of the equation as much as possible. And, you know, Bitcoin still has a way to, ways to go. We still need to decentralize mining, but it's further along than anything else out there. Even Litecoin and Monero is better, more fair and equitable. Did you say Litecoin and Monero is better than Bitcoin? No, oh. better than it. <laughs> oh. You heard it yet first. Better than EOS. is going to stop paying you. Yeah, I mean, EOS to me, when I first heard about it, it's like, it just feels like changing, switching from um, the Fed to like these 21 BPs that that supposedly are going to protect the network and decide on the rules. So yeah, it doesn't seem any any better than, than what we have right now. It, it's just strange that, that people, I mean, it was so obvious that this was going to happen anyway. We talked about before the... The incentives are there, so so why are are they surprised that it's going that it's happening? Are they like 
maybe they're too focused on their investment and hoping that uh, everything will turn out fine because they are financially invested in it. I don't know. I think that happens with a lot of altcoins. Like, um, uh, no, this altcoin is going to moon and it's going to take over Bitcoin because, well, because I have a financial incentive. And uh, I hope that it does, because if it does, I'm going to be rich. I think it works more like that. But I think a lot of people are hoping EOS will flip in Ethereum. Like, a lot of people will bet on that. You? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I guess once uh, smart contract platforms will be on, on Bitcoin, it will be interesting to see what happens to the other ones. Well, that's the thing. Like A lot of people <sighs> twist the idea of uh, smart contracts. Like You can do smart contracts in Bitcoin. You just don't do the funny, detailed execution of the contract. You just settle the end with a multisig. You can set up an Oracle and do a multisig. You can do that on Litecoin too, right? But... People want to like write these complex JavaScript contracts with holes in them that also execute on chain, and that's just a bad idea. There's no reason to. I mean, it's, yeah, you have to pay like tremendous amount of fees to do that. You just look at the thing. Like, you still need to write the smart contract, and then you still need an oracle for the source of truth, and then you got to pay it out, right? And you can just do that without writing the JavaScript smart contract. Unfortunately, Ethereum's created this idea that um, the only way to write smart contracts is to have them settle on chain, and that's nonsense. No, but you can settle on chain, but you don't need to execute on chain. That's what I mean, yeah. You don't have to, ex you don't have to execute on chain. Um, you can just have the settlement on chain. Sorry, mixing that up. Um, I think the, the really frustrating thing is you take a look at stuff like um, uh, ZKCPs, Zero Knowledge Contingent Payments, where you, you can perform an entire um, swap where you're paying for something um, and, and it can be executed um, uh, and finalized and settled on Bitcoin's blockchain. Um, and it's all zero knowledge. So you don't, you don't confirm the thing that you're buying. Um, you, you, know, you don't see the, the solution up front or whatever. Um, and it's really powerful. And there were even issues with it that have then subsequently been patched. Um, and no one's using it because why should they when they can just write some JavaScript? Well, uh, talking about uh, smart contracts, it's so easily to ICOs. Um, so um, some ICOs have been, yeah, I'm doing it very smooth. Uh, some ICOs <laughs> have been shutting down or like exchanging their uh, utility tokens for security tokens. Uh, I believe that Economy was doing that. Um, I think it's an interesting development that, and I assume we're going to see more of that. Um, because most of these utility tokens don't make any sense. I, I think it's really interesting because the for the for a long time, oh, no, long is the wrong word, but for a period of time, there was this idea that if you just if you just claimed that it was a utility token, it magically was the utility token, and and that's clearly not the case. And we've seen some really stupid things like ICOs stating on their website that it's not a security, and then assuming that that's enough. When it's it's obviously insufficient. Um, and so I think that this is just a, this is a proving, a proof point. This is the tick in the box to say, you cannot run an ICO, um, and claim it's a utility token when it, it, it's pretty obvious that it isn't when stuff is obviously a security. Hmm. So now they're just walking it back because there is no utility in the token. And I guess the best they can do is position it as a security. Cause then the other thing, exchanges are also moving away from, um, you know, traditional token 
exchanges and moving towards security exchanges, uh, security token exchanges. So I think a whole bunch are propping, cropping up now. Uh, Coinbase wants to do it, but they're just trying to get in for the next next wave of uh, trading platforms that will focus on security tokens. And I think that there is some scope for security tokens. Um, I guess the, the problem with security tokens is like, A, the regulations are still murky right now. Um, and B, the, if you issue a security token, does that security token need to act like shares? Does it need to give um, the, the person voting rights? Or, or are we just going to be live in a world where security token doesn't come with voting rights ever under any circumstances and tough? Well, the interesting part actually about economy is that it got listed on uh, Kraken, which was very surprising. Uh, and I believe it's still listed there now. Um, I, and, but I think when they move to the security uh, token, I, I doubt that it will still be uh, listed there. Although Kraken has been really um, anti-government vocal about it, especially in New York City. Uh, <laughs> they, they made some funny posts about it. I like Jesse. Jesse is, is like straight to the point. Jesse is like 2018's um, like champion for for how things should be running. It's how 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 strange the world has become. Yep. Um, so uh, slush slushpool asked, please tell us what you think about the new open source firmware brainsos.org for Bitcoin miners. So apparently it's an open source uh, firmware for uh, the S9 and Dragamint. It, it should be brains. Brains. Zombies. <laughs> but it's, uh, it's based on OpenWRT and so it's for embedded devices. Um, and I, I mean, it, it seems nice if it's what you want to run. Um, I but it seems to just be a play to have more ASIC miners pointed slush, which is not a bad idea, but I'm just saying. Wait, the open source firmware points to slush by like default, or is it? No, I think that's an easy uh, switch to auto auto go to uh, slush. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, it's 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 slush by default, and they recommend staying with that because it's the best. It's the wait. I'll I'll read it from the website. Using Brains OS for Slash Pool will provide you with the best possible integration and support. <laughs> I think, um, I guess the, the reason why they came out with this is because of things like Antbleed, right? Where where the ASIC miners could put, potentially have something in the firmware that's doing something shady and you just want to run something that's open source. Oh, which company would possibly put a backdoor into their miners? I know, it's so weird. I, I, why would anyone do that? Seems like they're cutting off their nose to spite their face. Yeah, that would just piss <laughs> off your customers and everyone else, right? Well, you, you, they still made a billion dollars, though. Uh, made <laughs> and uh, losing. Uh, they've done quite well for themselves. I, I feel like you're moving to Bitmain IPO topic, but so Samsung, you want to discuss the Bitmain IPO again? Huh? Do you want to discuss the IPO again? Yeah, it's okay. Can we discuss yeah. the liquid launch? <laughs> I feel like we haven't discussed it yet. <laughs> Let's talk about Tari. I've I've not mentioned. I think I mentioned Tari on on this podcast once, twice. I'm counting twice. <laughs> Liquid comes up every episode, so 
Oh, it's so big and so important. It's hard not to talk about it, right? Samson, let's be honest. Um, is Blockstream in financial trouble? Do you really need to shield that hard for your product? Is, is Blockstream actually no. making money? Sticker sales cover it. I read on our, I read on RBTC that you guys are in serious trouble. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Source of truth, it's the, RBTC. It's the stickers that are keeping us going. And the hats, obviously. I keep buying stickers every week, so. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of sending money to uh, someone in need in like South America or Africa, you send money to Blockstream. Okay. <laughs> it's part of the deal. Well, Blockstream <laughs> is in need of money too, so. Yeah, we're okay. So back to brains. <laughs> I think it's actually a good thing if there is an open source firmware. Because people are scared of things like backdoors and firmware that they don't know. Um, and a lot of the minor firmware is kind of shoddy. I think one of the initiatives for creating brains was because at minor firmware and the uh, how long minor or dragon Mint minor firmware was just crap originally. I think uh, dragon Mint has updated since, but Originally, it was just garbage, and that is one of the big reasons. But to make this useful, they actually need to integrate all the other other miners. They need to get the APIs or bitstreams from you know the the control boards and be able to work with everything. And I think that's still some ways away. Right now, they work with um, ant miners and in the silicon miners. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so the next question was um, to me: Does Will Panda? Hold, hold, I don't know. Hold any LTC. Does Wailhead hold? Well, I do. I have some. I don't have as much LTC as I have Monero, obviously, because Monero actually is useful. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, you use it to buy drugs and watch porn, so. <laughs> exactly. That's why it's useful to you. Uh, wait, no, I, I, I can buy porn with LTC now, too. You, you arranged it. No, you can't, you can't, no, no, you're thinking of Verge. Isn't Verge, isn't Verge the same thing as Monero? I'm, I'm confused. It is. It's the same thing as Monero, but it also has the Bitcoin bug, um, the, the double spend thing that is unpatched. So, I mean, it's superior because you can create infinite currency. Are you, are you serious? Yeah, of course it's unpatched. They haven't updated their, <laughs> their repo in 21 days. Wow. That's 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 surprising. Oh, you, you you keep track. It seems like you're kind of obsessed with it. Well, when we were talking about it earlier, <laughs> I wanted to see. We we're talking about the pigeon coin thing. I wanted to see if uh, you know what else was unpatched. Okay. Oh, you can watch twice as much porn as before. Get the same <laughs> output. <laughs> Veg out. No, the idea is you can watch porn and then get the money back and. Uh, and still sell it. No, I actually think that that, uh, that uh, Verge is a stupid name. I, I still like Dogecoin Dark more. That's like a far superior name. So yes, I have LTC, uh, but mm, like 2% of my portfolio, not more. That's pretty good. Okay, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I have more Monero and more Bitcoin. but 2% uh, of your portfolio is Litecoin, and then what percentage of your portfolio is shopping? I have zero. I didn't buy that ICO. You're a smart man. I am a very smart man. What's this thing? I've never heard of it. 
It's an ICO that's run by a corrupt South African that got arrested by the SEC for uh, fraud, unrelated to Shopping for a previous thing. And now there's all this stuff coming out the woodwork, like all of Shopping's claimed um, partnerships. They they raise money on the back of um, claimed partnerships with Macy's and Bed Bath and Beyond. They said that they did uh, three uh, what twelve million dollars in revenue through. Bed Bath and Beyond, and had three million customers sign, or three hundred thousand customers, however many customers it was, um, sign up and go through the whole shopping experience. Apparently, that was complete fabrication. Bed Bath and Beyond are like, we have absolutely no partnership. Um, uh, we've done no pilot uh, with them. We have no idea who they are. Maybe they meant Pottery Barn. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of like it's kind of like Paycoin then. Reminds me of Paycoin. Oh yeah, with the like with the fake partnerships. Yeah, I mean that yeah, that, yeah. that dude's totally going to prison. Like he's just going to follow Josh Garza. Maybe they can be cellmates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Josh, Josh Garza is going to prison, right? Yeah, but but not that long actually. I, I don't remember how long, but it was like I was surprised, like eighteen months or something like that. Yeah, I should check. But uh, it was not as long as I expected. But now you're talking about Paycoin. You know that most of our viewers never even heard of Paycoin because they're newer. That's true. That's true. Paycoin was 2015. Paycoin was a scam that's uh, almost as bad as shopping. Actually, it's probably worse than shopping, right? Let, let's move on because... I was just chilling. <laughs> all, all, yeah. Okay. okay so um... let's, let's talk about Liquid again. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, Samsung's going to fall asleep, so... The next two questions are not for me, so let's hurry up. Oh, you, you why? No, actually, I see in the background you have your uh, your lion. Do you have the other ones as well there? No, no, I didn't bring them back. Okay, so you left them in China. That lion looks yeah. like it's like a secret video camera recording. <laughs> Charlie, Charlie, Charlie. How hard is yes. it to fork samurai wallets to use with the LTC? Uh, plus lightning swaps uh, and how it works. So are, are, do you have any plans to... Um, fork Samurai Wallet and make it for uh, Litecoin or not? Uh, we don't have plans to fork Samurai Wallet right now, but I mean, I think the community, some people are talking about doing a fork for, for Litecoin for Samurai Wallet. It should actually be very simple. I mean, Litecoin is very, very close to Bitcoin, so it should be quite simple to do if anyone wants to do it. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Ricardo... What are the future plans for the Monero um, mining algorithm? Um, I don't know. Ask the community. I don't control that. <laughs> Absolutely no idea. I believe there's some tweaks coming in this network upgrade to defeat anyone who's even attempting to make an ASIC. And beyond that, I don't know. So you're going to keep changing it every time? or? Yeah, that's... So, I mean, there's been some interesting discussion about... Um, uh, this thing called Random JS, which is something that Howard Chu um, created, uh, who's a famous engineer, software engineer, uh, that was also contributed to the Monero project. Um, and you know, we'll see. I mean, I don't know if, if this Random JS thing has legs. There's been some discussion between um, Andrew Polstra, Greg Maxwell, and Howard about uh, Random JS and its feasibility. Um, and and that's sort of the only the only uh, real discussion. That, that's gone on in terms of what can happen in the future. So the goal is to defeat ASICs, right? So make it so random that 
like you run a random piece of code and different piece of code every time so that you can't write an ASIC for it? Is that the point? Yeah, I think it's um so I don't I don't I haven't actually read up on the random JS stuff, but I think the idea is you sort of abstract to a higher level language and then that becomes really uh, complex to, to build an ASIC for because you effectively need to build an ASIC to run JavaScript. Wait, wait. So there are, there are no dark forces at work in Monero? There are no dark forces? I'm sorry. Did, do you think this is a Hollywood film? <laughs> you guys are not reading Jihan's tweets. Oh, no, those says, dark forces. No, they're not. I, I cannot. He blocked me. What, what's going on? I'm missing stuff. Because the Sia, Sia dev said they're going to, uh, whoa. <laughs> the... <laughs> I hope that's her wife. Yeah, that's my wife. <laughs> no, no, it's some random girl. What are you talking about? It is the wife. <laughs> Bye. Love you. Love you too. Love you too. <laughs> so yeah, Sia is screwing Bitmain, and Jihan says dark forces are at work. Dark forces are at work. Oh no! The funny thing about um, Jihan's tweet is he was talking about how the community is going to stand up to it and and not allow this hard fork to to pass. So it sounds very similar to the community standing up and creating Bcash, right? Uh, yes. Well, didn't I say originally that eventually Bitmain is going to have a copy of every single coin so they can mine it? See a see a cash. Yeah. Well. They can still mine Zcash, obviously, because, well, Suko looked very deep in Jian's eyes. Oh, so yes. Zcash Maybe they will not shared do a anything. kiss. Maybe they shared a kiss like <laughs> Ricardo did right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, the only reason that I trust Will Panda is because I stared deeply into his eyes for five minutes. What happens at the round table stays at the round table. <laughs> oh, TMI. You know, shit him house rules, you know? Did you just say shit, shit him house rules? Shit him. Shit him. Oh, shit, shit him. No, stop, stop messing with my English. <laughs> oh, damn it. Okay, let's go on. <laughs> Why are Bitcoin Maximus scared of other projects and keep trolling them? That's a very good question. W- where is this coming from? It's from a Ripple guy, I think. Which project? So the Bitcoin maximalists are trolling Ripple? I think it's because we make fun of projects. Yeah. So the idea is, why do we make fun of projects? We should be supportive of every cryptocurrency product, uh, project, not product, and including Ripple. So we should not, we should help each other. We should not. The answer is simple, right? I mean, Bitcoin maximalist believes there can be only one. So anything else should not exist. So that's why they troll. But it's also to point out stupid things happening in their projects, like the Ripple company dumping XRP on their followers to pay uh, Bill Clinton to have a speech at their yearly conference. I mean, how stupid can you get? Is it trolling? It's it's just stating facts. I mean, come on. Oh, no. We're just so disrespectful. I mean, we should be so in shock and awe that they got Bill Clinton and we should just shut up and give them that respect that they're due. I just think that it's funny that Bill Clinton is speaking at a conference or spoke at a conference called Swell. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think there's like different degrees of Bitcoin maximalists. Like I'm pretty Bitcoin maximalist, but I don't think that there is only one. I think there are interesting projects that can help. Right. But still, there's like a thousand stupid projects. It's just the 
the law of averages. If there are a thousand projects out there, are all of them meaningful and serious? I don't think so. It's just impossible. Well, the, the interesting thing is when um, when you talk about shit coins and shit tokens, um, even devs or like people working at it for shit coins and shit tokens, they're like, yes, we should get rid of all those shit coins and shit tokens. Because they, they never assume that we're talking about their project. Like, yeah, our project is fine. We're like changing the world. But those other ICOs and those other projects, they're, they're obviously crap. I think the other thing that bugs me is when they, when they do this whole like um, comparison to Bitcoin thing and they say it's better than Bitcoin because of X. Um, and, and some of it, you know, like I, there's, two, there's two categories really. The one is like absolute crazy nonsense, like Ripple is more decentralized than Bitcoin. And the other thing, the other category is like the slight technological innovation that Bitcoin doesn't have will somehow be a differentiator. Um, and most yeah. of the time, 99% of the time, the the thing that they've done either introduces massive levels of uncertainty um, and, and unsafety, or it's just a nonsense feature that no one cares about. Well, there's ranges of stupidity, right? You get stuff like IOTA that doesn't even work. And then you have the really scammy stuff like uh, Ripple, which is XRP. And then you have the various projects that claim to be a better Bitcoin. And I would say 90%, maybe 85% of those are just, we have faster transactions, which is stupid. And none of them are secure in on multiple levels. Like they're not secure from a code level. They're not secure from a... a, a proof of work security level because you can just rent hash rate and attack them or they're not secure because they're proof of stake coins. And those are, that just doesn't work. So that's why I think we laugh at these guys, but no, it's because we're really scared. Well, the, the, the um, thought experiment that I've been trying to encourage people to do is um, think about a, a country like Turkey turning off the internet for four days or a week. Um, Bitcoin still continues operating within, within, the walls there and then the network uh the internet's back on and so the the partitioning of the network is fixed and now the network rejoins bitcoin can handle that it can completely handle it um and uh you know it'll rejoin and everything will will continue working in yes there might be some transactions that are rejected um and and stuff like that but it would it would handle the partitioning and most of these things that are doing things like sharding um, or you know, or weak attempts at sharding, subchains, and all that stuff, they would really struggle with a, a countrywide network partition. Uh, proof of stake would just fall apart in, in those scenarios. Ripple's consensus would also fall apart. No, because they would just <laughs> look up the ledger and read the latest state. But actually, <coughs> Blockstream Satellite would prevent that country partition. Yeah, of course, and it's also powered by liquid. <laughs> <laughs> No, but but it's always interesting how how they try to like um, differentiate from from Bitcoin or try to to like sell it as a better Bitcoin. Like yesterday, there was an article, like three sorry three weeks ago, there was an article um, on Wired which literally said uh, BitTorrent's creator, which is Bram Cohen, everyone knows Bram, uh, wants to build a better Bitcoin. I mean, it's a very catchy title. Um, I don't know if he literally said that because, you know, Bram is uh, pretty well respected in the Bitcoin community as well. But it's always but see, that's like... that's so stupid. That's so stupid. Like a week before that, 
uh, Chom was saying, I'm going to build a better Bitcoin. So if your only thesis is that you're going to build a better Bitcoin and you don't have how many 50 extra hash of uh, hash rate securing your network and 10 years of operation time, you shouldn't even say that. That's just an embarrassment. Chom's was, was interesting because if you want to run a node, you have to sign up. Like you have to fill out a full KYC form uh, in order to run a node. <laughs> That's not Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> Um, speaking of which, maybe better Bitcoin for the Fed. <laughs> it gives me an idea. I should create a fork of Bitcoin called Better Bitcoin. Huh? Yeah. So what's really funny is Fortune Magazine. Robert Hacklett is one of the writers for Fortune. I don't know if he's still there, but um, I've teased him about this on Twitter before. He wrote an article uh, about Vitalik in 2016. Can this 22-year-old coder out Bitcoin Bitcoin? And then. In 2017, he wrote an article about Zuko that said, can this man build a better Bitcoin? And, and now Wyatt's got uh, BitTorrent's creator wants to build a better Bitcoin. I mean, it, at some point, you've got to ask yourself, like, why why are all these articles coming out and why are none of them uh, pointing to anything that succeeds? Why can't they just talk about their own merits? Well, that's it, right? Why does it have to be compared to Bitcoin and and <clears throat> pitched as being superior it's to so get hard. extra clicks. It's clickbait. Well, we, we, we all know there's only one coin better than Bitcoin. It's Litecoin. <laughs> it's faster. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, it's everything that Bitcoin is, but faster. It also has Lightning, it has Segwit, it has it's faster transactions. It's better, it's better, it's better being mined by script miners. True. Wait, wait, wait. Does Litecoin also have liquid? Ah, it has better than liquid. <laughs> <laughs> it's gas or what? Better than liquid is gas? Um, I don't know. Okay, so uh, on to the last question. Um, is HODL eventually bad for economy? Where will a farmer get funds to buy a needed uh, barn if too much of the wealth is locked up in uh, hardware wallets? So basically, the idea, the question is, is holding or hodling bad? Um, because people just like uh, try to accumulate more and they don't spend anything. People hoard gold over the years. It's not, doesn't really do anything for um, people using it, right? So the, the yeah. price could go up. In the end, you're all you, all that matters is you can transfer value, right? It doesn't matter how much one Bitcoin costs. You just be able to transfer a certain amount of value to, for whatever reason, for purchasing stuff or for um, making payments. So that's all that matters. It doesn't matter how much each Bitcoin costs, right? Yeah, and you can buy part of Bitcoin as well. So you don't need to buy a full Bitcoin. I see these questions come up from time to time. And it's just like uh, socialism slash almost communism type thinking. Like, what if everyone doesn't have a Bitcoin? What's going to happen? And it just let's ignore that question for a second. What if the what if we just want to give everybody in the world some coins? Then everyone will have enough of the coins to do stuff, but that will be worthless, right? So you're thinking of it from the wrong point of view, which is like, does everyone have one of these? And that's not the issue, right? Because if everybody had it, then it's you're just a communist society. Everyone's got a billion coins and they're all worthless. It's just the byproduct of living in a world where people don't actually know what money is anymore and they have these stupid thoughts. 
Yeah, and also the good good money drives out the bad money, so people want to spend more of their uh, fiat rather than their Bitcoin. But the thing is, like, people will always spend. Like, even if you're a hodler, at some time in your life, you're probably going to buy something, right? It's just like it's a bad example because property is it's it's very slow moving and it's not traded quickly, right? But the example of property is still a real one. Like people buy property and then they sell property. There's a market for it, right? It's just Bitcoin lets you do that in much more uh, broken apart pieces and much more rapidly. But it's just the same idea. You still buy and you sell it. And there is a marketplace for it. If you acquire Bitcoin, like say the, you're a farmer, you sell your goods for Bitcoin, then you'll have Bitcoin to buy a barn, right? Just like yeah. everyone else. <laughs> That's pretty much it. No, I, I think it's also a Keynes versus Hayek uh, type of economics where you have to spend. But but the, the idea is that um, the, the Bcash is always like, I need to spend my Bitcoin, but I don't want to spend my Bitcoin at the moment. As long as I have fiat currencies, I, I, don't, I don't want to spend my Bitcoin unless I want to buy like something special and I don't have enough money for it. But yeah, like something special like a Lambo. Any other yeah, one. exactly. No, actually, I'm, I'm going for a more classy thing. I'm more like an Aston Martin type of guy. I told you. <laughs> uh, I think like a cryptocurrency, it's it's both, right? It's both a store value and like a method of payment. So you don't like you keep most of it, right? To For your store of wealth. And then you, you spend it where you can. Right now, it's actually not easy to spend Bitcoin compared to to fiat, right? So swiping a credit card is a lot easier than than spending Bitcoin. So that's something we're working on to make things better. Right, Lightning Network would help um, a lot. So it, it takes time to build out these um, these solutions. So in the meantime, like fiat is still king, and I'm not like that's not a question, right? It's just a lot easier to spend US dollar. And also everything is priced in US dollars, so it's just easier to, to manage. But I think over time that's gonna change. And it may take like a few years, it may take ten years, it may take like a hundred years, but it's just inevitable. And what what do you think about the spend and replace uh idea? It's still not good. It's still high friction. The thing is that we need lightning to jumpstart the circular economy. If you can earn any crypto easily and with zero fees, then you'll just spend it. So you could get paid instead of every two weeks, every month, you get paid daily and then you start spending it and it comes back in. But once you have that circular economy based on sound money, that's when it will happen. You can't really force it through any other way. You have to remove some hurdles first before you can have that. Yeah. And the key is it's sound money, right? You have to make sure it's still sound money. You don't like go for on-chain scaling and just destroy the whole prop, whole reason why Bitcoin is valuable, just so that you can spend it, right? So just so that you can get low fees today. That's that's silly. Yeah. So Rickerod, you're sat there not saying anything. Rickerod is showing off his his beautiful watch to us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I I think it's uh. I don't have strong opinions about this. I think that that the way that the economy around the planet works right now is vastly different to the way it could work. And I don't know. I don't know that one system is superior to the other until cause humans. Humans will always find a way of screwing something up, right? Mm -hmm. 
I think what we gotta do is build sound money first, and then everything else will come from that. There's no shortcut. No, the, I, I agree with you. There's no shortcut there. I just don't know if there's a, if there's a perfect system. I think that we're always going to be moving money from the hands of one type of power to another, um, in in a sense, and maybe that shift to a different reserve currency around the world will be good. It will reduce the reliance on countries like the USA and will increase self-reliance for smaller countries. Uh, but but whether that ends up being net positive for humanity, I don't know. We'll have to see. That's a good point. Well, I would say we're kind of in uncharted territory right now, right? We're evolving this new form of money, cryptocurrencies, and nothing like this has existed in human history before. The closest example of it is precious metal currencies, right? Like gold probably evolved a similar way. It's shiny, it uh, doesn't rust, and it's you know malleable. And we started using it and transacting it. And when gold got too cumbersome to transact and too valuable, then people started substituting silver for it. And they would transact silver, but cash back out to gold sometimes, right? But we don't really know how everything is going to fit together in the future and work. But we do know that the first step is that it's got to be sound money. And then we can add layers on top like lightning where we can interchange rapidly and create that circular economy. And then from there, who knows? That's a perfect... uh philosophical monologue to end the show with. Mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ricardo, are you going to get the the new um, Bitcoin watch? No. Hublot, firstly, is a terrible brand, and, and their stuff very rarely, if ever, holds value. And it's very overpriced, and their movements are awful. Um, and secondly, it's a Bitcoin watch, so it's definitely going to lose value. Um, because it's, <laughs> it's, it's such limited appeal. I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, um, if someone makes a really nice cryptocurrency themed watch um, that is of sufficiently high quality, I'll absolutely buy it. Um, if it's you know um, uh, something that appeals to me, but like slapping slapping Bitcoin on a watch um, from a, a manufacturer that's already gross, not something that appeals to me. Can you do something for me? Like look into the camera. Start with a thumbs up and slowly turn into a thumbs down. <laughs> Just like in Spartacus or Gladiator. <laughs> Did they mention how much the watch is going to cost? I, I couldn't find it anywhere. No, you had to Probably sign less up than... first. I just saw the sign-up form. Yeah, there's I like a KYC for... form. It's like, yeah. yeah, right, I'm going to sign up this form. Of, of course, the Bitcoin watch, of course you need a KYC form. I'd imagine ten, ten to thirty thousand dollars, somewhere in that region. So, boy, <laughs> just pocket change. Well, no, I mean it's no. like no. You, you might as well take the money and buy like reams of toilet paper because you're gonna get the same value for it. <laughs> I didn't realize you hate Hublot that much. My phone does a better job of timekeeping than Hublot. <laughs> well, your phone does a better job of timekeeping than most watches. That's true, but that's not the point. <laughs> I'm insulting Hublot. Don't take away my insults. R- Ricardo, when are you launching your ICO for a new uh, watchmaker firm? I-, I guess you like start making watches at some point. You're so obsessed with it. But will it be a security token? Or can we call it a utility token? You have to use the utility token. You have to send it to the watch to recharge it. Otherwise, it doesn't tell time. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it burns the token, so the token value goes up over time. Exactly. Wow. Over time. Over time. So the so the people can huddle the security to security token by leaving their watch in the safe and never wearing it. But those that wear it and use it, they're burning the token for everyone else. It's definitely utility, not security. Clearly utility token. Magical crypto timepieces. Let's do it. Okay. Someone tweeted a photo of one prototype. <laughs> it's just going to go downhill from here. It's going to look like a Disney watch. It will definitely be a Disney watch. And there's going to be like this panda on it with little arms pointing at the time. Right, long one. <laughs> I'd buy that. Take my money. I think it's time to end the show before this gets any worse. And we might get sued by Hublot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Expressing an opinion about a brand is not something that they can sue you for. But we could change our opinion if we had samples. <laughs> <laughs> and that was it. Thank you for the show. And see you guys next time. Bye. Bye. Goodbye. Did he did he say something about the snow? <laughs> yeah, I believe I believe he said that he needs to go outside because it's snowing. He needs to clean the snow off the car. <laughs> you look like Roger Ver there. Yeah.